As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Miami Nice, the modern man horny campfire that gathers around the sexiest of the dirtbag romance genre. How dare I ever call it dirtbag cinema? I am one half of your partnership, Blake Howard. As always, my incredible partner in crime, Katie Walsh is here. Katie, how are you? You know, I've just taken a red eye from LA to Miami. Yes. And it really feels good. The humidity is hitting. The salsa is playing. The mojitos metaphorically are flowing. And it's I, Thursday afternoon and I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> the Mahoudas are metaphorically and literally uh, um, are flowing in this podcast. We have really a guest who whose reaction to even the poster of this very podcast is still tattooed in my memory. He is one of the most talented film critics in the world. He is obviously a part of the One Heat Minute Productions family, creating the definitive Paul Thomas Anderson in Parent Vice podcast, Increment Vice, and he's a dirtbag from way back. It's Travis Woods. Travis, thank you so much for finally coming <laughs> to Miami with us. Finally, uh, finally. Boy. Well, thanks, Blake. Thank you. Uh, and, and thanks for saying that I made the definitive Inherent Vice podcast, since it's literally the only Inherent Vice podcast. But I, I, I appreciate it nonetheless. Um, you never know these yeah. kids, these kids, these days, they love inherent vice. My man it's still getting lots of yeah. love on the one heat minute productions, discord. People talk about it all the time. People go back. They're and never going to, they're never going to follow what we did. Like <laughs> it was, so, it was pretty special. Here we are. It's 6 PM Miami time. Uh, it is. so cheers, cheers to the both of you. Hey, cheers. Cheers. Um, cheers. What what are you sampling this morning? Uh oh, sorry. Uh, this uh, this afternoon, this no. evening, wherever you are in the world. Oh, Blake. Mm. <laughs> Sweet Jesus. I am having <laughs> mm, a delightful delightful mango mojito. Uh not quite what Sonny Crockett would have. I think he takes them straight. Uh but I I am having a love affair with the mango mojito. <laughs> Uh, and have been all summer and so that's what i'm having well uh you know i wanted to record today from a cuban restaurant and do this right <laughs> do this upright but um unfortunately i uh, found out the hard way today that um why wi wi-fi is not one of the many 
services <laughs> that one can procure at uh, at a Cuban restaurant. As as uh, you know, I walked in there like uh, the Archangel de Jesus Montoya, <laughs> saying, "Look, I'm not paying for a service. I'm paying for a result." And uh, pointed at my laptop, and they just looked at me blankly. So uh, I got out of there, and here I am. But um, so where the uh, I I would say that my favorite mango mojito uh, uh, can be found at uh, the lovely Casa Vega in the valley, um, as featured in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes, um, but uh, these the the I, I, I am currently sampling. Uh, the, the, the mango mojito as provided by the fine folks at uh ernie's mexican restaurant in studio city maybe that's where it's at i don't know yeah some ernie north hollywood studio. anyway who cares um <laughs> but uh uh big big cheers to my to my friend danny for pointing pointing that place out as a locale in which one can be treated like a human being and given a decent <laughs> mango mojito <laughs> it's the only way to be treated yeah. yeah. So, and so here we are. Here we are, guys. We're doing it. I, I got my sunglasses we, on. I uh, think I we like, talked about having you on like like as we were coming up with the show. Like yeah, it's been it's, two years. It's been and we two were, like, years. Definitely going to have Travis. Travis was number one. It was like Travis is coming really? on. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. in like the comments, Travis has got to come on. I know Travis loves it. Maybe. And then it was just like all the other names. And then, hmm. and then he just. He disappeared. Well, Blake, uh, uh, I've, deep been undercover. Busy, I've been a busy fella. And uh, I I still, to this day, uh, I don't know how you do it. Um, and you know what? I'm going to take these sunglasses off. Um, <laughs> you know, this, this is an audio podcast. I don't know. Well, anyway. don't worry. We've got enough video to, to do a screenshot okay, of you with the good sunglasses. Deal. So good deal. Good. Yeah. So, thank God, because I'm getting a headache. I couldn't see anything. Um <laughs> I, you know, inherent increment of ice, but like, wore me out. I don't know how you do these 55 podcasts a week. These give me life, Travis. This is what some people say, why do you do it? And I go, they give me life. If I talk to you about where to get the best mango mojitos, if we just, folks who may be listening to this after our last collateral confessions, we hear new things about the lengths that Tom Cruise and Michael Mann will go <clears> to <throat> to get a plane into eight frames of a shot. <laughs> it gives me life to talk about these things. That's what, that's what gives me energy. Sure, sure, sure. Um, <laughs> hey, I get it. Uh, had a few of these uh, beforehand um, to steal my nerves for this conversation, this deep and heady conversation that we're going to take into, you know, there's a lot of things to talk about when we talk about my advice. Um, take us I'm on a die, journey, I'm, Travis. I'm going to dive right just in. Like, I am. I'm ready. And we're you know, just, we're um, just along for the ride. You are driving the go-fast boat. We listen, are in the listen, passenger seat. Listen, we're Gong Lee. You're Colin Farrell. We're just looking at you. Our oh, hair is weird. our hair is flying in the wind. Where where are we going? Like we we, uh, we, we know got some Moby, we got some Moby playing in the background. <laughs> uh, loop that in, Blake. Loop that in. Um, well, okay, Katie. Uh, this isn't Blake's first rodeo with me. Um, so, Katie, I'm gonna ask you strap in. Okay. And uh, just 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 know, I promise. I promise. I'm gonna get somewhere. It seems like I'm gonna be. It's. I promise. It's gonna seem like it's gonna be like I don't. Whoa, 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 but it's gonna land. It's gonna okay. much like kind of some parts of me. I might be nice to film. You're like, whoa, 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 what is this? Where are we going with this? 
if it, it ends up somewhere. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take you on a journey. Okay. Um, so you know, I'm about, gonna drink and enjoy this. I love this. People are like people, people are like Tra Travis in Inherit Boss. I'm like it's the best. It's the best. I think you can ask Travis for seven minutes. I'm like, can you do seven minutes on one thief minute? And he gave me an hour, <laughs> and I was like, it was all good. It was all good. I had to keep well, it. Remember when I was going to give you a tight 15 on um, Point Break and then I got really drunk and I think I went on for like 90 minutes. <laughs> Actually, oh, a God. fan of yours, former assistant and filmmaker and lecturer, Justin Lieberman, talked about, uh, you know, we said that we were going to be talking to you after our conversation with him and he said, is that the guy that got drunk recently on the show and <laughs> talks about Point Break? And oh, I said, I said that was. And, and he goes, I love that guy. <laughs> so me too. I love that guy uh jesus christ i'm glad that yeah i'm glad my reputation precedes me um speaking of which let me just knock this one back real quick <laughs> wow we're gonna pour another one before i get started so did they just give you like a jug of those oh katie um so uh you know it looks like bourbon <laughs> i mean it's strong um no 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 it's wrong no. i feel listen listen, listen. um the fine folks at Ernie's uh, in the greater Los Angeles area, if you're visiting, I highly recommend it. Um, they, they, they close pretty early. Okay. And, um, you know, I've found, I found that, you know, if you want, if you want to drink, well, gosh, you know, they close up around 10 o'clock. I won't lie. I have on occasion called them and asked them to make a few drinks and I'll pick them up around 10 right before they close. And, you know, you take them with you. And after having discovered that, they, they they put them in like these little orange juice bottles. Um, um, and uh, and I'm realizing how, as I say this out loud, like how how not good this sounds uh, <laughs> about my lifestyle. But um, better, yeah, better thanks to me. the fine folks at um, at Ernie's and their wonderful drinks that they make. Uh, they're good people there. I like them. Uh, tip your tip your waiter. Um, anyway, back to Miami Vice. Okay, so like I said, Katie, strap in. Yeah, I'm strapped. Um, I'm, I'm strapped. Um, so, all right. So I think, I think it was the film writer. I think we all know, uh, Jacob Knight. He wrote an essay on uh, Miami Vice once. I think, I think this is him. I probably should have checked. Um, but like I said, I was, I was busy getting drinks before this. Um, he, he wrote about Miami Vice. I don't, I think he's, I think the line is, I don't know if it's the best Michael Mann film, but it is the most Michael Mann film. And uh, I've always really liked that line. I, I, I do kind of think that um, Miami Vice is the ne plus ultra of Michael Mann's very strange, very capital R romantic vision. <clears throat> and that leaves you a lot to talk about. It leaves you a lot to talk about. And for me though, you know, you, you know, you can talk about all, you know, there's all the cool guy, tough guy jargon, like go fast boats and you know, your opsec's been blown. Um, you know, just like you, you watch Gladiator Academies and, you know, Pelican Bay, Shoe, B-Wing, you know, all these Michael Mann-isms are just whizzing past your head. There's all these cool guy things to talk about. I don't think that's particularly interesting in the case of Miami Vice. And I don't think that that is what Miami Vice is even interested in. I think um, rather, um, you know, you... I think, you know, when you watch Miami Vice, maybe towards the end, the action, the set pieces, I don't know, not the be a heretic here uh, i don't find any of it particularly interesting or even particularly well shot um and I, I and i know that there was the whole thing there were hurricanes and um jamie fox and his posse got nervous when some real gunfire went off in the area 
and, and I, I know a few folks uh, who work at Universal, um, and I we will maybe have some off mic conversations about some some stories I've heard about the the, the filming of the final third of this movie. But um, you can you can blame that for you know maybe 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 um, on an action movie end of things. The movie kind of just peters out towards the end. But I honestly think it's I think it's intentional one way or another because i don't think the film is interested in the things that we typically think of when we think of michael mann um here's what i think see katie we're gonna get to it i promise uh here's what i think the movie (laughs) is interested in let's let's rewind let's go back to that scene um at nicholas's house um the ci 15 percent uh we love that scene baby uh broker um you know, you watch that scene, and kind of the first time you watch it, I don't know. The first time I watched this movie and I was watching that scene. Why everyone's is trying, this happening to me? Everybody, first off, that's some <laughs> casting. Um, but also, like, everyone's trying real hard to be hard in that scene. Everyone's trying real hard to be cool in that scene. You know, can't uh, can't do time, don't do crime. You know, just, eh, okay. Um, and, you know, you're you talking know, about Fox. the great, the one of the greatest scenes that, as far as I'm concerned, in Michael well, Mann's cinema. It, it is, I love it, it is, but I, I don't think it is for the reasons I think maybe you think it is. And Dolphins maybe I'm wrong. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I haven't, I, I, so you're watching that scene. Jamie Foxx is being all 2006 era Jamie Foxx, hard and cool. He's got an Oscar under his belt and um, he's jacked all the fuck. And, um, you know, you got, you got Trudy, you know, ready to bust a cap in your ass. Uh, as she puts it, you know, but, and you got, uh, you got, uh, Switek and, uh, uh, what's his name? Just kind of fucking off in the background. Oh, this place is dirty. And you're watching the Marlins. Oh, Marlins Which, highlights. Sorry. Marlins highlights. Thank you, Katie. Thank <laughs> I, you. I said dolphins highlights. Excuse uh, me. It's okay. Uh, we're gonna get through it together. I promise. <laughs> Let me take another drink. Here. Um, so all that said, all that said, who haven't we mentioned? Sonny Colin Farrell, Sonny Boy, Sonny but now what's Sonny Crockett doing in that scene? Staring everyone, out the window. Everyone's talking shit. Everyone's doing their thing. Everyone's being all hard. He is AUC, you know, Colombian right wing paramilitaries. You know who they are? They are vertically integrated. They you are. Mean they walk around with constant erections. No. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. They farm, process, produce, export. I know what it means. No, see, it gives them attitude. A player negotiates too hard and you never hear from him again because these guys kill everything. I gotta know what's the skinny. It's none of your fucking business. It can come back on me, baby. Can't come back on you, baby. I'm not sure of that. Hey, Sunshine, when has Rico or Sonny ever lied to you? Huh? I mean, when has anything Rico told you not to happen exactly like he said? And then we can kick back and watch Marlon's highlights on this 65-inch plasma. After we clean this place up, don't you ever put anything away? Plus, he's gonna commission Jose Yero for putting you to Jose Yero. Anybody looking at his ill-gotten gains? IRS looking into his shit? Any reason this does not go down? That's the sound of air rapidly filling the vacuum created by your departed body. On account of how fast I remanded your ass back into custody. Why is this happening to me? Because you lead a life of crime. Can't do time, don't mess with crime. He's cool. You make the call. And you're waiting for that moment where Sonny Crockett's going to be all Sonny Crockett. Maybe make a joke about the alligator in his boat. Who knows? You know, but say something witty, say something cool, say something Colin Farrelly, you know. Instead, he's just staring out the window and he's looking out there at the, the juxtaposition, uh, the horizon where the water becomes the air, you know, and these two opposite volatile elements water and air and they're mixing together um and it made me think and uh you guys ever have that moment where we're going somewhere here uh where you're at a party or you're with your crew with some friends you're doing whatever everybody's doing their thing everybody's having fun um and you should be too but you're not it's not that you're not digging your friends not that they're not fun but they're thinking about whatever's at hand, whatever you're doing, uh, whatever party you're at, whatever you're planning, and you're sitting there and you're in a room full of people, but you feel alone. And you're looking out the window or you're looking in the middle distance and maybe you're thinking about somebody and maybe there's somebody that you're thinking about. Maybe they're the kind of person, uh, you know, for, uh, for you that, uh, when they look at you, when they make eye contact with you, she looks you in the eyes, your heart stops. And then she smiles, your heart starts beating again. That person, you're thinking about that person and you're counting down uh, the days, hours, minutes, seconds until maybe you get to see them again. Maybe you get to be around them again, the way you're around these people. And until you see them again, you're gonna feel a little alone, even when you're with all your, your best pals, your best mates, as Blake would say. Um, and I feel like in that scene, that's what's happening to Sonny Crockett. And what to go even a step further, though, Sonny Crockett hasn't met that person. 
But unlike the Sonny Crockett of the TV show, who's already met that person, lost that person, the Sonny Crockett of the movie, I think Sonny, I think he's 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 looking for that. And I think that he is a little lost without that. And, you know, you it's funny, you go watch that the great scene everybody talks about, the in media res intro, just dropping us in the middle of the club. And Sonny immediately starts flirting with Lita. Uh, by whether she got that tan in Miami. And, you know, Trudy's shaking her head and you're like, okay, so he's a swinging dick trying to like, you know, you know, catch anyone he can. But then you start going, oh no, he's the, like, you look at the puppy dog eagerness on his face. He's not trying to be cool. He's not trying to be Colin Farrell. He's lonely. You know, he's lonely and he's looking for someone. And so I think about this scene a lot, this scene at Nicholas's house when everyone else is doing the cool guy, Michael Mann shit that you expect him to be doing. They're dropping the jargon. They're dropping the threats. They're doing the little rhyming, you know, don't do crime if you can't do time. Stuff that I'm sure looks good on paper, but you hear it out loud and you're like, uh, or at least I am. <laughs> um, no, I think the what's... inverse. It looks terrible on paper, but then when it's said uh, in this scene, uh, everyone, I don't is, know. Every, everyone is great. I'm like, yes. That's the sound but, of um... air rapidly evaporating from your body. You know, like that sort of uh, stuff. But... You're like, it's terrible. We're vertically integrated, baby. <laughs> but um, I, I was. I know. I what it means it was <laughs> a good delivery i'll give i'll give fox that was a good delivery um but i think of sunny i think of him looking out that window i think about him looking at the middle distance and he's literally longing for a love and a woman uh for a person a woman um that hasn't happened to him yet and that doesn't mean when it does happen it's arbitrary he's making it happen i think that what makes the film electrifying is later he's going to meet the person that actually is that for him but in that moment you know that's what i think of and to me that scene is this film in microcosm it's all these folks running around doing the cool michael man cowboy shit and then you have ostensibly the person who's the lead even though it's not on the poster that way uh you know our ostensible lead he's just off somewhere he's just looking out in the ocean he's just wondering like where's that person's gonna stop my heart and start it again when she blinks and when she smiles at me and that's to me miami vice it's a dirt bag looking for romance <laughs> And see, Katie, see what I did? I brought it back. I, I was just going to say that the movie ends with him looking at the mm -hmm. ocean and watching her with, leave. With, yeah, watching her go away. That, and that scene starts with them both looking out yeah. of that ocean together. Yeah. And only mm -hmm. one of them, only one of them getting on that ocean. But uh, before we get there, you know, you think about, I was, I, I think about this scene and then what happened? What, what does the scene cut to the scene with him looking out to the water, looking for someone, wanting someone, what happens next? We cut to Trudy and Tubbs in the shower and showing us what a mature, sweet, intimate, adult, loving relationship can be. It's a, it's a, it's this great sex scene where, and I think one of the reasons it's a great sex scene is because there's jokes in it. Yeah. Like, I don't think, you, I don't think you see that a lot. The, the comfort of a couple who can literally make each other laugh while they're fucking. And I don't think it's something you get a lot in modern American. Well, you, you don't get fucking in modern American cinema in general. Um, but not in Captain it, America Civil War. Mm, There's well, no fucking in any of the Marvel. <laughs> Trek. Uh, well, there is in the fan fiction. If you take a Google, Google deep dive. <laughs> there is fucking in Eternals. I'm just going to say Oh, yeah. That. That's on the really? road. Yeah, they there fuck is. on a rock. Hmm. <laughs> yes. It was like. What is it like PG thirteen though? Yeah, it's PG thirteen. Mm. Fucking, it's Listen, Gemma Chan Beggit, and Richard Beggit. Madden just exfoliating their backs on a hmm. rock. It doesn't even seem comfortable. 
I'm well, sorry. Katie's on fire today. I had a coffee and now I've had tequila. Yeah. So yeah. Just... <laughs> but do they make each other laugh? Do they make no, each other laugh? No, there's, there's no, no laughing no. in Eternals. No. That, that, so that's a, such a great moment where he goes, oh, and she's like, there's like a disappointing leg. Her leg just like hits the, yeah, the mat, yeah. just like, oh, and then he goes, I'm just joking. And then they have, yeah. she has that really great. That's a terrific laugh that she has. It is. It's a surprise laugh. I almost get the feel. I almost wonder if uh, Fox like ad libbed that or something. Yeah. Uh, because it seems so natural and so real. And maybe our, you know, maybe they're just great actors. Um, but yeah, I I love that sex scene um, because it is such an adult, real, intimate moment where you're with someone that can make you feel like your skin is on fire, but they also make you laugh. Which, goddamn, what a feeling that is. Um, and then. Can I can I add to, can I quickly tag and say I also love the shower scene because yes it's cute in in lots of movies when there's a couple in a shower it's like let's go and fuck in the shower yeah it's <laughs> gonna be sex in the shower and you know speaking as a you know a married man of many years with my wife there's plenty of oh, times wow. where like are we when, going somewhere with this man? no I'm just saying like when you go in the shower sometimes you will share the same shower but you do the Jamie Fox and the Trudy. <laughs> You just Were you like, tagging, you're just tagging each other washing. out. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. like, cool, I'm here, yeah, tag, I'm going to get dressed. And I actually love the the kind of crossover. It's sweet, you give each other a kiss, hey, wash my back, okay, cool, I'm done, I'm out. Like, I'm going to bed or I'm whatever. It's like, like intimacy, but it's not it's that not you forced. have with a partner, but it's yes. not like porny sex, yes. like hand through the steam. Yes. Situation. Yeah, this isn't only man's. Okay, it's 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 just it's it's like a shower scene. It's very organic. I love that connection of like, hey, I'm gonna bounce. I'm gonna go to bed. Whatever. It's well, great. I don't want to get too deep into this one sex scene, but I mean, I'm a dirtbag. So, um, <laughs> one of the things I mean, it feels so lived in because they almost feel like a couple where they've acknowledged, like maybe Trudy said, you know, I don't, I don't like fucking in the shower. It's almost like it's like they know it's not gonna happen here. Like it's almost like like you feel these these lived in like boundaries it's like okay all right i'm here just to shower do my thing maybe i'll see you after but you gotta get out now it's my turn and also and then behind get... the scenes we know this one thing is naomi harris was a bit nervous about being naked so it's actually not her body from behind that we see walking into the shower why do you gotta ruin the, the illusion why I, do, you do, that? I, no. you do that every time i've listened to the show you do this every time the show no, but, but i just this? but i just want to say i love that jamie fox is like no nah, it's me baby i'm feeling yeah. myself Jamie Foxx's yes. body is like, I need to be nude in this shower. People need to see the buns. We're ready to go. Well, I hope at the very least you put in the body double theme um, <laughs> when we're talking about this, if you're going to have to bring that up again. <laughs> anyway, um, so what I was saying was we have that scene. we got Crockett looking out the window. He's thinking about somebody. He's wishing for somebody. He's just fucking hurting um, to love this person. And then it cuts to the exact kind of love that he's longing for. And then what happens, what does that sex scene cut directly to? It cuts back to Crockett. It cuts to him walking into their home and he's walking in alone. He's the he's the third wheel. He's the dude without, who's not partnered up and uh, not romantically. And I, you know, I will be honest. I don't know if that's how the director's cut is structured because i've never made it past the race in the director's cut I'm sorry <laughs> sorry mr man uh he's just one of these directors just leave him alone you, you do it right the first time just just leave it alone um travis well, and just, we'll just send you the miami nice cut like, i don't Maybe. i don't want to watch it i don't i don't need it i don't think i need it travis? i don't think i need it buddy <sighs> i'm sorry yes okay if you love 
If you are a Trudy Tubbs shipper, stanner, mm. like if you love this romantic relationship, the Miami Nice Cut makes that well, manifest. Well, I sure hope so, because that's that's a thing I want to talk about later, if we got the time. Is I've never been... I've never been full tilt tubs as far as the film is concerned. The, but the, the Miami Nice Cut will make you full tilt. Well, you know. Well, okay. Well, is the boat race in the thing? No. Oh, no, okay. fuck the boat race. Okay. Fuck the boat race. <laughs> and I'm not Sorry, just saying that because... Michael Mann, yes. I've had tequila. Fuck the boat race. <laughs> yeah. That should have been like a making a, like a little featurette or something mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. DVD. We don't need the goddamn boat race. No. Although I, I do, know I, I, they got I, the champion boat throttlers mm-hmm, to shoot mm-hmm. that for like a month. Elliot Caretz riding the sound designer riding around in go fast boats for a month. Yeah. Anyway, nothing. sorry. Anyway, go on. That was my yeah. I mean, gosh. I mean, I had a, I had a thing. <laughs> Guys, I had a thing here. And that, <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, sounds like we're doing the director's cut of this podcast. Oh. <laughs> um. Anyway, um, I don't know why I turned into Andrew Dice Clay just now. I'm sorry. Um, anyway. This is going to be a fun episode. Mm. There's going to be sound Oh! Anyway. Oh, God. So, Dirtbag Romance. Look into someone's eyes. Feeling your heart stop. Feeling it start again. They make you laugh. God damn. That's what Crockett's after. That's what Crockett's after. And... I think that that's really what the film is after. And I think let's let's rewind a little bit now. Again, strap in, Katie. Blake's used to this. I'm strapped. Um uh ponytail it up because the wind is gonna be whipping around. Um I wish Blake and I had long hair like like uh Crockett, we could do the same. Long hair. I dream for long uh, hair. Oh, mine's too curly. I I'd go full tub I'd go fill full tubs from the series. Uh yeah. it's too curly. Um so anyway. Let's rewind a little bit. Let's go back. Let's go back to the beginning of the movie now. Um, let's go to the amazing. Here's how you know you're in for something good. What is when John fucking Hawks just mm. zooms into your movie for a quick one scene cameo. You know you're you know you're 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 good. No matter what else happens, <laughs> you've had you've had your Hawks, and uh, you're good. So what is uh, you know, the purpose of that, that Hawk scene, I, I, you know, you could say it's just, oh, well, it's exposition. It's to once again, you know, it's, it's, it's a way to throw in some baddies, uh, the, the Aryan brotherhood and, you know, exposition, blah, 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 blah. Um, no, 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 no. Uh, the, per- for me, the entire purpose of the Alonzo scene is to serve as a warning to our characters mm. and to our audience. This is what happens if you're a player in the the game of crime uh, on either side. This is what happens if you fall in if you fall in love. This is what happens if you chase after somebody. This was this is what happens if you're a dirtbag looking for romance. John Hawks, Alonzo, he's a dirtbag. Look what happened. His whole family got fucking massacred uh, by the uh, the Aryan Brotherhood Nazi lowriders. Um, that scene serves as a warning off uh, a warning shot off the bow of this film, right at, right from the jump, that um, if you have anything close to your heart, it's gonna get destroyed. Uh, and it's gonna get destroyed badly. Well, it foreshadows what happens with Trudy, obviously. Obviously. Yeah. And, and I also think this theme comes around in heat. It does. And in heat too. It does, well, that's the thing. Uh, well, it also not just serves as a warning for Trudy, but I think this is what's weighing on Crockett's heart the whole fucking film as he's falling in love 
with if you got an escape route that's the whole it's they have that great do you have, do, do you, you have, have do you have a way out do you have, I mean, way do, out. You, do you have an exit strategy here yeah, yeah. um because time is luck leave now and uh so to to katie's point you know that there's elements of this in heat uh there sure fucking is i mean uh <laughs> even uh hell uh when um Crockett's looking out the window, thinking about someone. But that scene's in heat. When you have Macaulay having dinner with the Macaulay crew, everybody's partnered up except for Neil. What's Neil doing? He's thinking of Edie. What's Neil doing in the middle of that goddamn dinner? He calls Edie. He's like, you're going to be up? You're going to be around? And, uh, you know, she's like, you know, I thought it was going to be a one-time thing. Not for me. Not for me. And uh, he's thinking about her. He's with his crew. They're doing cool crime shit. All these things, all these stakes. Um, murder, life in jail. Just don't ask him all, where he got it. Just don't ask him yes, where he got it. All of these things are hanging over his head. What's he doing? He's thinking of Edie. He's thinking of Edie. Where's she at? What's she doing? Is she thinking of me? Is she free tonight? Um, but fuck, uh, look at so many of Michael Mann's movies. You know, Frank and Thief. He, you know, we always talk about how Michael Mann has these kind of Jean-Pierre Melville-esque uh, kind of cold-ass professionals for whom being the best at everything is the 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 action is the juice. Being the best at everything is what they want. It's what they need. And I don't know that that's actually true. You know, Frank doesn't seem to want to be a thief. Frank seems to want to be able to make enough money to stop being a thief and live out the life of his postcard. You know, he wants Tuesday well. He's thinking about Tuesday well. He's thinking of his own uh, escape route to Tuesday well. You look at... Um, uh, Graham and Manhunter. Graham doesn't want to fucking chase the Tooth Fairy. Graham doesn't want to fucking go after Lecter again. Uh, Graham has a heart, as is the case in, in Miami Vice. Graham has a heart and it makes, uh, it puts the people he loves in peril. Uh, just as Tuesday Weld is in peril uh, in, in Thief. Uh, and that's why Frank has to cut her loose with his with his child. Um, you look at fucking, fucking Last of the Mohicans, um, where you literally have people imperiled because they love someone. And then, of course, you've got heat and you've got, you know, uh, my son rises and sets with her, man, uh, with uh, uh, Val Kilmer and Ashley Judd. And then, of course, Neil and Edie um, constantly, even in collateral, uh, you have these characters who I think are wrongly compared to Melville characters. It's not that for them being the end all be all best at their job the utmost professional action is the juice i don't think that that's any of their goals i think they do that to achieve a goal whether it's being in fiji with the woman you love or it's adopting a child with the woman you love whether it's living alone or living quietly on a florida beach with the woman and child you love whether it's um uh, living in colonial America with the woman you love, <laughs> whether it is making off with the big man's wife slash partner slash whatever and living it up in Miami millionaire style with the woman you love. These are what these films are always about. They are always about characters who have to be the best at what they do not because they want to be a melville character not because it's the end all be all but it's because they are engaged in crime and if they aren't the best at what they do they get fucking killed or they get put in jail but that is still that is that's like a the remainder of a division problem for them for them it's 
so many of these characters what is the goal the goal is looking in someone's eyes and feeling your heart stop metaphorically not literally not getting shot by, by vincent hannah it's outside drinking, of LAX. it's drinking mango mojitos and talking about the mm. Almond brothers mm. that's what it's oh. about skinner freebird no? no my daddy played in all them bars um but uh God damn. um that's what these movies are about that's what michael mann's movies about all the stuff about Gladiator Academies and Pelican Bay, Shoe, B-Wing, I am a cowboy looking for anything heavy. Uh, you know, this, this, I want my money. This is from the yield of my labor. All this shit is, it is really cool ass fucking background to serve as a, uh, as, as color uh, for these stories of people who are living lives of the utmost stakes in which everything is life or death, but who are looking for something else they are looking for something more exultant to use a line that man himself really likes from the heat commentary um like you know what i'm talking about he, when he's what, what does he say he's like they're looking for uh this moment of extremity this this heightened mode of exaltation in their yes. lives the heightened experience that's what we thought uh, they're looking for the heightened experience of their lives and i don't think for neil mccauley the heightened experience of his life is pulling off uh, a downtown LA heist in the middle of the morning and getting away with it. Um, I think for him, the, that moment would be looking at iridescent algae yeah. in Fiji with this woman who makes, who makes him feel something, makes him feel something. And he's a guy who's not let himself feel anything in a long time. And that's what I think uh, we have uh with the case of crockett he just wants to feel something and it just so happens that he like all other man characters are engaged in a in um a livelihood of of uh life or death but also isn't what a great metaphor for dirtbag romance or romance of any sort maybe um that that is because doesn't falling in love feel like life or death at first everything is so over the top everything is so heightened the stakes feel so incredibly high because your emotions are so heightened you know i um there's a great scene in this movie uh, after they they go to Cuba. Uh, is it when Crockett meets Isabella and they go to Cuba and they dance? And then, of course, oh God, uh, the Chris, the um, Chris Cornell plays "Rest His Soul." Um, <laughs> you know, oh God, man and his his music. Uh, but there's that scene before the sex scene where they're right. just stand they're standing right outside scene. and they're right. just kind of touching each other, and it's just like, buddy, you're a dirtbag. Just go in. <laughs> Kiss Wait, her, okay so we've talked a lot about the romance but i want to really zero in on the dirtbag part of well, this I, conversation I was, I was i i don't know if you felt that i was building you know okay, my let's... my my landing stretch there okay um i was coming in for the kill okay. um <laughs> Katie, so, just strap in. As baby, he says, I told you, you gotta, you gotta, you know. I'm strapped, but I want to talk about the dirtbags. <laughs> Katie you know, has been it. drinking tequila, and she wants to get to the damn dirtbags. You know, uh, guys, I mean, come on now. Just, just you know, you got to let the airplane take off, you know. <laughs> let, let, He's let, had let, like six manga Let's let, I mean, come on. What are we doing? This is this is Miami Vice movie. Let there be a little foreplay. Just, 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 just wait a minute. Goodness gracious. We are just we are just Everybody's like Isabella. Just, We're just waiting on that balcony. Get in, bro. Come on. I know, but I'm everybody's ready. just wanting to stampede towards the end. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, explore a little bit. You know, like like uh, Isabella and Crockett. They're exploring each other's bodies, standing outside, touching each other. God. Let's just explore for a minute. Okay, Jesus. 
Um, so anyway, so I just want to say, first off, that scene where they're like touching each other, it's so embarrassing, but it also feels so kind of real in a way. Like, like think about the most dramatic love moments you've had with someone. It's like how embarrassing it would be if anyone else saw it. But uh, in that moment, it feels very real. And then, yes, 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 Katie. Um, they, they, they then consummate their their emotional, intense emotional connection with a sex scene that is very, you know, uh, I think it's been mentioned on the show. It plays uh, reverse. It, <laughs> it plays reverse. We have well, documented it, it well, uh, in detail. It <laughs> plays reverse to the um, the tubs scene in that, in that both scenes involve sex and showering. But Tubbs is like very comfortable, tap each other out. You take a shower, I take a shower, then we meet in bed. Whereas in this, this actually starts with sex and then goes to the shower where there's there's more sex. Um, which I, I wonder, I mean, I mean, man has to know for a guy who doesn't do a ton of sex scenes in his films, uh, man's got to know that, you know, it's odd that he's having two shower sex scenes with two couples. That's got to be purposefully kind of putting them contra to one another. Um and this the 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 sex between um isabella and crockett of course is like my god um it's pornography um in the good, best good way leg, i mean good leg movement really leg, good leg. maneuver leg yeah. maneuvers and also um <laughs> the intensity of it the intensity of it like you look I'm at sorry, their Travis, faces. when katie said leg maneuvers and then took a sip of her tequila i just was like that's the best part of this show it's one of the best parts. You really ought to release a video podcast sometimes. Like, or like a best we of. We used to. I know, I we remember. Used the, we used to do the whole thing. But uh, that that's the clip. That's what's like leg maneuvers. Katie sips, zooming in slow motion of the sip. We know what Katie I've is. just talked about it a lot on this show. And it, it goes back to my cinematic analysis that it is realistic. Yeah. 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 That was really that was a really emphatic yeah, but yeah, um, it is. We're and, talking about the realism here. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, like, mm. there's these, you know, and a lot of times uh, in sex scenes in movies, you know, and of course, you know, these actors they all have physical, you know, trainers and everything like that, and could probably run like a fucking marathon. But um, you know, the everyone's fucking like athletes in these kind of mainstream action movies. You know, I like in this movie they kind of they stop, they take breaks, they look, they have those things, you know, we grab grab someone's hair and just kind of look at them. Uh, there's a moment where Isabella almost seems to be crying. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, Jesus, she is a white-collar drug dealer. She's a dirtbag. Uh, and, you know, Isabella's a, Isabella's a fucking dirtbag. You know, she's she's been overseeing murders and torture, uh, you know, exploitation of, of drug addicts across the world. She's a dirtbag. Um, you can't work with someone like Montoya and Nafi. And so... You, you get the sense that she's been kind of looking for the same thing. And that's why the collision of these two dirtbags who are, you know, just, you know, extraordinarily gorgeous. It's why it is so passionate. It's why it is so hot. And it's, it's also, but I also think, you know, on the surface, we're watching this going, oh, wow, these are just two spectacularly extraterrestrially gorgeous human beings pretending to fuck on camera who maybe, you know, fucked off camera too. Uh, and you can you can say that that's why this scene is so crackling, but I also think it's because there's this subtextual undercurrent um, of we see that these are just these are two dirtbags. They're looking for something. They're looking for that person. You know, I said, you know, what's Crockett doing? He's looking for someone. Uh, when he's looking out that window, he's thinking about someone that'll make his heart stop. 
when she looks at him and then it'll make a beat again when she smiles and what the fuck happens to him in that shower sex scene where she looks at him and hugs him and there's that moment where there's this look on his face as if his heart has actually literally stopped like he looks like he's in terror as he <laughs> hugs her his you know what i'm talking about i see katie nod um <laughs> but uh there's that moment where she gets in the shower and she hugs him and he his head goes you know over her shoulder where she can't see and he looks absolutely fucking terrified and i don't think it's the terror of oh no you know there's undercover and then there's which way is up i think he's already passed that i think i think in that moment it's him going jesus fuck like what i thought was maybe going to be an intense weekend thing like you know he's already in he's he's set like he's 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 in love luv like he feels it and then she pulls her head back and smiles at him and then he just gets this beautific angelic smile across his face as if and again you could say oh well that's him that's him playing his cover uh, I think that's part of it. But I think it's him also just, I get to see her face again. And there's something so fucking dirt, dirt baggy sweet about that and about them together. And again, I, we, you know, I, I let off by saying, by copying a line and saying that this is not the, maybe not the best Michael Mann movie, but it is the most Michael Mann movie. And I do think that this film is the fullest expression of this idea that has been running throughout so many maybe not the keep uh but so many of his films which is that molasar had longing you know he longs for things sure sure he longs <laughs> there is some it. interesting sex in that movie yeah yeah well yes um i mean if well. you just want to do sex of michael yes. man we can do that too um but uh i i just think that, that there's this this neon red thread burning through all of his work and it is of these characters who have forced themselves to be so kind of cold and rigid and kind of living a life where every day looks exactly the same because they have to in order to survive at what they do. And then they meet this person that makes them want to shatter all of that. And not shatter it in a bad way, but makes them realize, oh, that's how plain my life was. My life was so colorless. Uh, it was okay. I was making moves. I was making money, I was doing things, but there's more to life than just this day-to-day -day grind of waking up, pulling a stunt, then going to bed and doing so alone. And if I can do that with someone who, when I'm around them, I laugh harder, I smile larger, uh, I feel less like a dirtbag. Or at the very most, I look at them and I see they're a dirtbag too. And I don't feel so bad about it. There's something to that. And I think that that's what so many of his films underneath are kind of about. And, you know, it feels like in Heat, that's like 30% of the movie and 70% is all the move making and all this. Uh, Miami Vice feels like the inverse of that to me, where it's like 70% of this movie is just dirtbag romance. And then, you know, in the background is the, you know, is go fast boats and his day will come and and loads, uh, and loads dropping so many <laughs> loads um i tried to count i rewatched it this week no, and i did i did try not. to count not just not just when someone says loads uh you know when referring to um packaged heroin and cocaine not just when they say loads because that's it's uncountable it's a number you can't count to um 
but just when they specifically use the phrase dropping loads to refer to these things uh it's like it's like 16 something it's, it's something insane like uh you would think that somebody cool the you know fox or maybe Farrell would have said hey michael by the way um double meaning uh here that you might, uh, <laughs> use well, different terminology well, we had a drinking game when we watched the miami nice cart travis which you were unfortunately unable to make which was drink every sorry, time, drink everyone every time someone says loads and i think katie about 14 minutes into the movie was like please be safe i viewers. was like yeah. stop it i was like actually you need to all stop doing this drinking game right now like i don't want to be calling ambulances to like various cities around the united states i do want to say also that as well one of our operatives ck who we love has love a CK. great TikTok account called michael the man and he has so done good. a super cut of loads super loads cut and it's what kind of just, little, we'll look go ahead say no no i'm just saying there's like a super cut of all the times they say loads and oh of all the times they say it okay yeah of I all was, the times oh. they say it and i can't find like i need to find his TikTok right now but um we'll cut it we'll, we'll cut it into the shot here's all 40 to times they said load in miami vice so we transport a load for you under this group so can we run a load for you under this group that's a question Yes, he has the best TikTok account that's just like I thought you were gonna say something dirty that he was like he had like a like a porny version of Miami Vice or something. No, 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 no. It's like it's just it's like TikTok's just like little behind the scenes facts about like Michael Mann movies, but there is a loads supercut. You know, Blake it's like thirty seven times or something like insane. Like it's it's a lot. You know, Blake, Katie, I don't wanna tell you how to produce a podcast. But right here would be a great time. There used to be some, like, was it a 90s porn star or something? And he was famous for screaming <laughs> the phrase, dropping loads, every time he would finish a scene. I, I'm not familiar and, with him, Well, actually. I... I... Oh, yeah. Oh, dropping fucking loads. Over your face. <laughs> drop, drop and loads. Yeah, drop, drop, drop and loads. Oh, yeah. Drop and drop and loads. Yeah, drop and loads. Drop and loads. Choke on it, baby. When it come to your face, fuck it like you fucking love it. Over your face. Ride the dick. Eat your fucking cunt. Come in your face. Eat it. Yeah. Eat your fucking cunt. Fucking hot. He's gonna go um. watch some creepy ass porn movie just to get this audio from the 90s it's gonna be well, weird i don't know i honestly i don't here's, and, and and just just to make clear i have not seen this so but um sure uh, no 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 i swear so no seriously i swear um does anybody ever remember uh on e remember that network e yeah of uh, course it still exists and, oh jesus does it god have um 
They used to do a thing. That's they used the to most thing. unbelievable thing about this conversation. E exists. Like, we're talking well, about no 90s load loops. and. No offense to the fine folks, I guess, still working in V. I'm sorry. I just I don't watch it. Um, uh, they used to, on E, they used to do like these, like, at late at night, they would do like a 30-minute best of of that day's episode or something of like, of, of uh, uh, what is it? The Howard Stern Show. Mm. And I just remember catching it one night, and they had this guy on. And boy, we are really getting into some dirtbag stuff here. Uh, I was not planning to go down this dark avenue, this this dark, <laughs> go dark, like horny is... cul-de-sac. But they had it's this the porn campfire. star. This is they the horniest this... cul-de-sac on the podcasting movie internet. <laughs> they had this porn star on, and if I remember correctly, he almost looked like Conan or something. Um, or uh, rest in peace, Peter Steele of the wonderful band Typo Negative. Um, but his 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 uh, his thing was, and the reason they had him on is they thought he was so funny. Is every time a sex scene would climax, he would do so by screaming, bellowing, like a marauding Viking. He would scream, dropping loads, um, as he would do exactly that. And so, I think this guy's name may be Nick Manning. I just looked him up. <laughs> I okay. There's a a. Just want to say on Amazon there is mm. a book that I mm. have uh, shared with you all. It's 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 called Dropping Loads, mm. the Nick, Nick Manning story. Wow. I will warn you. I don't think he's talking about cocaine or heroin. <laughs> the true story of how a successful corporate figure drops everything and becomes a seminal figure in the porn industry. See what he did there. Seminal. Yep. Catch that. Yep. Uh, I, I yeah. I am looking at some. I, I will be looking at these later. Um, so <laughs> Travis is Travis is currently frozen on Katie and I's screens right your... now, and we oh, can just am I really? Can you not oh, no, oh, yeah, you we've me? got you now. We've got you, you unfroze. Now. Uh, okay, froze sorry. Anyway, gosh, now that we're oh, but can you hear my audio at least? Yeah. We can oh, see boy. and hear you, and you're just groaning like you've had too much to drink, which is outstanding. Uh, for sure. Yeah, boy, I'm whew, I kind of overdid it. Um, I'll tell you what happened. What happens is, what happened is uh, these mango mojitos um, at 2,700 feet per second hit my medulla, the base of my brain, uh, and I'm dead from the neck down before my body even knew it. Um, uh, my finger didn't even twitch. Uh, so, yes, out of the cul-de-sac of um, load dropping, um, of which there's quite a lot in this film, uh, both... <laughs> literally and figuratively <laughs> um thank you blake for that courtesy laugh i appreciate it it's um, i'm laughing at you just being more and more unhinged as we roll mm, to the conclusion yeah. of the show it's, it's funny uh, i'm gonna regret this oh god we're at the conclusion oh my god all we've talked about is um sex scenes um <laughs> yeah jesus god it's, um so much more and, to say and staring at the and at staring at the ocean and thinking about someone who makes your heart sure stop. there we go all the, the sweet, sweet stuff, stuff the good the stuff, sweet Katie. stuff before the porn mm. yeah but now that the now that the porn's over the sex is over i do want to say that um you know the sequences with 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 crockett and isabella that to me is the heart of the movie and i think that's part of the reason why i've always been a little disappointed with the tub storyline uh, and, you know, maybe there's more to it in the Miami Nice cut. I look forward to seeing it. But I also feel like there's just a coldness to Fox's performance. And I think he's trying a little too hard to be cool. And, um, well, you know, I know you may not have had a chance to um, 
to listen to every episode, but that was the, the greatest insight for Katie and I with Jaffet Gordon in our conversation, which is that Colin Farrell in 2005-06 is the coolest human being on the planet. And although Jamie Foxx is arguably one of the coolest guys consistently ever, when they walked on, there was one guy who was cool and there was one guy who was trying to be cool. Yeah, and he was yeah. just like, what was so they weird were is... out-cooling each other. And so Fox was like, I'm going to try and be harder, colder, more precise to out-cool him. And he goes, just the chemistry, the alchemy of two individuals when they're together, there's someone who's super cool. It's like, they're just out-calling you without yeah. any any yeah. effort whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I just, I I do think that kind of hurts Miami Vice a little bit. Is, uh, you know, if you- Not in the nice cut, Travis. Not in the nice okay. cut, baby. Right. But if, you, if you're watching the film after you've watched the TV show, at least the first two seasons, which were really, really great, um, they do have such a- a dynamic these two characters like they do love each other and um and i feel like that's also something that would have made the ending of this movie a little bit more meaningful when you have you know crockett in the alonzo position realizing that he's gonna get the love of his life killed um based on the decisions that he's made and they've made and the lifestyle and the game uh, the game that they're in and he leaves her and he, you know, the film has that hard cut, that hard outro, just like has a hard intro, has a hard outro where he's walking to the hospital to meet up with Tubbs and Trudy. I don't feel like that's quite as emotionally affecting as it's meant to be. As emotionally, you know, he's he's returning um, to this other, his other partner, who isn't Isabella. Uh, and I, ooh boy, I just wish that um, Fox had played Tubbs a bit more as Tubbs is, uh, portrayed in the series, which is a, as this emotional, kind of volatile human being, um, and not as under wraps. But uh, you know, I, I I say that without having seen your fine cut, which I'm sure is amazing uh, that the two of you have put together. But uh, I will say um, to get back uh, to Crockett and Isabella. Uh, to me, the 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 whole point of Miami Vice, as much as you know. You read interviews with man he's like oh well you know i find miami a very very compelling uh city and um rife for stories of crime and betrayal and this and that to me it's to me it feels like the whole excuse or the whole reason for making miami vice is to just explore this dynamic between isabella and sunny which feels like again to use that phrase the ne plus ultra expression and theme of michael mann's work which is and yeah, you know, he's an old guy, so he's gonna, it's always gonna be gender binaries and heteronormative. <laughs> uh, dude falling in love with a girl, girl falling in love with a dude. But in all of his films, it is these two people falling in love and having lives that, by the nature of the jobs they perform, every decision they make is life or death. Every decision, and because that's, that's good drama, to have the, the most insanely ecstatically increased stakes as is possible, which is what it feels like when you fall in love, by the way, at least to me. Um, And so they're living these lives in which every decision could possibly mean life or death. And to have those lives rocked by love is I think kind of the ultimate inquiry of man's work. And I don't think as much as his characters never seem how to fucking do it, I don't think that any of his films are a condemnation of it. I think that man is a guy whose films are always asking, how do you make this work? How how do you 
how do you make these dirtbag romances work? You know, Frank didn't figure it out. Frank bailed uh, in Thief. Um, Vincent bails on Justine. Vincent Neil bails on, on Justine. Neil ba- bails on Edie. Chris, Fucking. Oh, 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 Charlene basically. Cuts Charlene Chris off. to save Chris bails. gives him the the poker table uh, hand cut there. Um, honestly, Graham is the only one that figures it out but Graham is so psychologically damaged by the end you don't you don't actually get the sense that all is right in Denmark uh in the Graham household uh by the end of that story his wife's and, just sending him out to build you know creches for turtles yeah <laughs> i mean it's like it's a messy you know it's a messy that, relationship you know, that, that that movie does not end with us knowing that there that there aren't any long-term damages to to, to Graham to his child to his wife based on the risks um, that he put them through. And then, you know, in Collateral, we have no idea what's going to happen um, uh, between Jamie Foxx and uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. Uh, and so, you know, you almost, you can almost argue that Collateral is maybe his only happy ending in a weird way, because at least the two people, they do walk off together. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think the I think Miami Vice is kind of the fullest express, expression of this question. Christ, fucking um, public enemies even end, you know, um, with uh, Dillinger getting shot. You know, what's Cusack saying? High fidelity. You know who ratted him out? His fucking girlfriend. Um, (laughs) uh, And so all of these movies, for the most part, end with the collapse of these romances because these characters do not find a way to integrate them into their lives, into the rigidity of their lives. And I think that his films are always about trying to find characters who are trying to find a way to to do that. And I I would I would suspect that the argument would be you have to let go of that rigidity. You have to be able to uh, do what uh, Jamie Foxx is capable of doing at the end of Collateral, but Tom Cruise is not, which is play a little jazz, close your eyes. And just start firing wildly and seeing what happens as opposed to doing uh, the double tap to the chest, one to the head, um, which is what prevents him from killing uh, uh, Jamie Foxx, spoiler alert, at the end of Collateral. Um, and I think that all of his films, all of these movies, they're not about the last, the one last score, the perfect score. Uh, they're not about go fast boats. It's not about your opsec being blown. It's about how do I hang on to this person that makes me feel more than I've ever felt before. How do I hang on to that person? How do I integrate that into my life in a healthy way? How do I not just act like a fucking maniac and blow it? How do I not have to send them off on a boat, you know, to go not get killed by an international drug cartel um, because they had the bad luck to meet me and fall in love with me? How do I just have, how do I have sex with them while we're holding each other and laughing and we've just had a shower and we're making jokes in bed uh how do i do that and you know the movie never really explains how uh, tubs and trudy do it and it nearly gets trudy killed and so i don't think that man has figured it out yet or at least he hasn't figured it out in his film life i think he seems happily married in his real life but um i think to me that's that's a michael mann movie is just figuring that out figuring out dirtbag romance and he has yet to end the movie in which i think his characters totally have it nailed. But it's interesting because I was thinking, as you said this, that like he famously has like a very long, successful, happy marriage. Man's got it figured out. He's got it figured out. And he's, you know, I think a lot of these characters are 
you know, he's, he are reflections of his own perfectionism in a way and yeah. his own professionalism and workaholism. And like, listen, I'm a workaholic and a perfectionist and I haven't figured it out. So it's like, I'm just like, I don't know how to like incorporate another person into my life. I don't know how Blake does it. Blake, tell us how to do it. But well, you know, it is, it is interesting because like, it does seem like man has figured it out, but it is this question that he is percolating over. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's. I think it's. I think it's his ultimate question, and he seems to be kind of a stingy fella, and he won't tell his characters how to do <laughs> he won't it. Tell, yeah, but of course, that's not exactly. You know, I think that. Um, I also think that Michael Mann, for all of his explorations of modernity, uh, the Keep and uh, Last Mohicans aside, uh, for all of his explorations and inquiries into modernity, I do think that he's a classicist and a classic dramatist, and I think that he. He knows that good drama usually doesn't end with everybody smiling and skipping off into uh, the sunset. I think for man, the best that he can give some of these characters is, as he puts it, the heightened experience of their lives. And unfortunately for Neil and Vincent, you know, Vincent's not going to run off into the sunset uh, with his, you know, he leaves his wife with their suicidal daughter at a hospital. Neil uh, leaves Edie. The heightened experience of their lives is going to be holding each other's hand as one of them dies uh, in an empty field. Um, the heightened experience of Sonny Crockett's life is going to be that it's weekend. It's the go fast boat. It's the end. It's, it's going to be that. It's going to be that weekend in Cuba. That's that's where the, it's he, the go fast boat to the dancing to the time together. That's the heightened experience that he's then protecting and trying to change. It's and, and try, he, try, try, trying to get, wrapping cotton wool and keep it in his memory for the yeah. rest of the movie. And uh, it's not as good as the scene in Thief, but he even gets his diner scene. He gets his diner scene where um, he gets to have that moment where he shares, to to quote uh, Bodhi from Point Break, another favorite of ours, he shares time with um, <laughs> with Isabella. And, uh, you know, talking about his, his, his backstory, because, you know, man loves a good backstory. Uh, talking about his backstory with his, you know, his dad and uh, being a, a rock and blues player in the, in the 70s. And, doing that thing where he's like, you know, you look like your mother and like look, searching, feeling her out, trying to feel out the real person, the history behind um, the facade that she presents. And then, you, yeah, you know, you've got that great, the heightened experience of Frank's life and Thief is probably not cracking any saves. It's, it's that moment um, when for the first time in his life, you get the sense he strips all his armor off in Thief. And he says, I'm just asking, I'm just asking you to be a part of something special with me. And maybe, maybe we can see what happens. And I think that, that's the best that his character is going to get. And I think that man, because he's a good dramatist, understands that he can't let his characters keep this stuff. He just gives them a heightened moment where they get to experience the bliss of it before it goes away. And uh, maybe, who knows, maybe with his next movie, um, it'll just be like a, a happy little ending where everyone has it all figured out. <laughs> I, I uh, don't think I it will be. I'm very curious how the romance plays out because we've got uh, Penelope Cruz playing mm. Laura Ferrari, mm -hmm. Shailene Woodley playing the mistress, Lena Lardy. So oh, well, shit. Mix. Yeah. <laughs> Man's we are not, we have not arrived at the answer quite yet. Well, but we yeah. have arrived at the ending of this show. And let me oh, say, look at that segue. Oh, we, this has been one of the heightened experiences of my life. And yes. uh, and falling in love with both of you over Zoom <laughs> and holding on to you is uh, something that I cherish. See, you, you wonder, out. you wonder, you wonder what I was staring out for. I was staring out <laughs> for fellow dirtbags. And look who I found. Look who I found. Mm. I found you both. Oh, 
You did, buddy. You did, buddy. He's he's putting you his glasses. Travis putting his glasses on. <laughs> all it took, all it took was me talking about Henry Rollins' thighs with Katie and crying to Travis uncontrollably on a podcast about heat. And here we are. Here we are together. Mm-hmm. Years Finally. later. Oh Years hell! Later. By the way, we work. didn't even get we didn't even get to talk about old Hank Rollins. No, <laughs> no, that's another. That's for that's another time. That's a whole other podcast. Um, that's a whole other time. Um, <laughs> Well, real quick, anybody out there listening, explain to me why Wait by the Rollins Band is not available on Spotify or on vinyl anymore. Anyway, sorry. Sorry, everybody. We'll look into the right. If there's a listener, if there's a listener out there, let's figure that one out. Hey, hey, uh, listen, you've already got, you should have access to our Discord. I'll put you on there. You just give it to the crew, give it to our operatives, and someone will come back with the rip of the entire album for you in high definition (laughs) audio. So you can just listen to it at your leisure. But that's that's a story for another time. Travis, you're the best. Thank you so much for absolutely gushing so beautifully as you do about dirtbag romance katie this has been an experience um i hope that the tequila um helped um uh in that this has been a really super fun conversation and i hope i won't be held accountable for anything that was recorded on this podcast okay Uh, uh, no katie won't be accountable for anything that i edit into the podcast yeah (laughs) sorry about that everybody that That probably was that probably wasn't necessary (laughs) but they do say low they say it so many times in this movie at a certain point You got to laugh. You got to laugh. All right. You know, you got to laugh. Live, you got to laugh. Love. Live, laugh, lo- love. 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 Live, laugh, Live, laugh, loads. host and producer of One Heat Minute Productions podcast. We dive into the great and underappreciated cinematic works, often one minute or one scene at a time. Our crew of guests are some of the most wonderful filmmakers, writers, authors, and critics ever assembled. Our shows include One Heat Minute, Josie and the Podcats, All the President's Minutes, Increment Vice, and right now, Zodiac Chronicle. Check out oneheatminute.com or find us wherever you get your podcasts. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.